Welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast and a special mini episode here. In this episode, we're sitting down with Assassin32, one of our most active Discord members and a new and budding YouTube star. And we're going to deep dive actually into one of the Q&A questions Assassin asked a while back. Assassin, thank you so much for being here. I am excited to be here. This is kind of a dream of mine. <laughs> well, that's awesome for us to hear that you feel that way and you crossed it off the bucket list after today. But while we're saying thank you to you, we got to thank our sponsor, Asterian Products. They make high quality VR headset stands, accessories, mats, all kinds of VR stuff. You need to check them out and use code FULLDIVE10 to save another 10% on Amazon on their products. Well, you know, we're pretty excited for you to be here. You asked a question a while back in the Q&A section and you said, basically, for someone that's never used the original PSVR, are there any exclusives or experiences that make it worth buying in 2023? Do you want to tell our listeners here kind of the story, what's happened over the last couple of months, what we did to help really come up with a real answer to this question? I just got into VR about a year ago and the Quest 2 is really my only experience with VR. I've, I've used my son's Valve Index for just a few minutes um, and I'm kind of a completionist. So I really wanted to know with uh, PSVR 2 coming out, is there any reason to go back and use PSVR, the original? And um, Jay and Nat were nice enough. They loaned me a PSVR and a PS4 Pro to use at my house for a few months and practice some things and see what I think about it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's a pretty cool thing to be able to do that because the one thing I would need to point out here cuz for people who don't know this, like if you get a Quest 2, you can pretty much go back and play all the Quest 1 games. If you get a Valve Index or a Vario Arrow, you can go back and play the original Rift games if you do some modding or the original Vive games. It's all pretty backwards compatible. But PSVR 2 is now out and it does not have most of the PSVR 1 games. And PSVR 1 was already known for having a lot of exclusives that didn't come to Quest and didn't come to PC. So it's something that was very kind of separated from the entire industry when Sony decided not to make them backwards compatible. So yeah, it, it feels like you kind of missed out if you never played one. Yeah. And and really being someone that likes to complete everything. I mean, um, when I'm doing Grand Theft Auto, I do all the side missions. Um, so, <laughs> so I really felt like I'd be potentially missing out. And then honestly, listening to Full Dive Gaming Podcast and hearing Nat talk about Astrobot made me really want to see what I was missing. Yes. Speaking of Astrobot, I feel like I want to dive into that. That's, you know, another excuse to talk about Astrobot. I'm excited. So <laughs> let's, um, oh, before we get into Astrobot, I guess we should talk about the headset itself. I jumped the, I think I jumped the gun on that one. That was well, me. I got really excited just hearing the word <laughs> Astrobot, but it makes sense. We should probably talk about the actual headset. So what was it like using the headset, the comfort, the wire, the controllers, all that stuff? How did it feel using so, the original PSVR? So it's honestly pretty frustrating um, from going from a quest where I uh, quest two, where I can just pick it up, push a button and I'm in and then going to, I got to get it set on the right channel. And then, um, you know, did the, the camera move at all in between the last time I played and then um, the wire. And I know it's kind of a joke about the wire, but the wire became a big deal for me. Um, it made me constantly aware I was wearing a VR headset and broke the immersion. So stepping on the wire and kind of tilting my head every once in a while, causing me to have to readdress, adjust the headset was kind of frustrating. On the positive side, though, I will say that the headset is extremely comfortable and it's nice and lightweight, takes all the weight off of your face. Um, you can wear it for days 
mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't seem to ever bother me. Yeah, maybe uh, the 10 days in VR that Jbrat did should have been in the PSVR headset. <laughs> <laughs> he could have went to 12 days in VR if he had a PSVR on. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Sounds yeah, like a plan. The, <laughs> the PSVR, there was things I missed because we went from PSVR to you know PC and then, of course, Quest. So it was a very different transition to suddenly become wireless after all this time of being wired. But the thing about the PSVR that still, even to this day, kind of drives me crazy was the PSVR had some great exclusive big games, full games, good looking games. And on the Quest 2, we get some games now and again, but it still feels like a lot of them are those little experiences, something you're going to spend an hour in and be done with it. So now that you've tried this, what do you think? Do you feel like you kind of missed out starting on Quest 2? Do you feel like it would have been a different experience if you had started on a different headset? I do. I I do feel like I missed out. Um, And to be 100% honest, I'm thinking about looking for a, a nice used PSVR to to go back and and see, see the things I missed. Um, I don't know that I would ever have time to go through all of them, <laughs> but it would be fun to give it a shot. And and I think um, some of those exclusives that Sony has are are so good they're worth going back and 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 getting. Mm-hmm. And I also think when you start out with the PSVR, you don't notice the cord as much. I mean, us going back to it now we do, but you know, if it was something that you started with when that was the only option, then it wasn't as annoying because you didn't know anything different. So for the people that had flip phones, you were happy with your yes, flip phone. Yes. And then and then when they came out with big giant touch screens, you forgot about the flip phone pretty quickly, but you were happy with it when you had it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then for me, honestly, I got to tell you, um, I play sitting down most of the time. <laughs> Sometimes the flip phone comes back. Um, <laughs> I play sitting down most of the time. And um, I don't know why it didn't occur to me, but um, after having the PSVR for about a month, I finally moved the camera to a lower position and then um, sat down in a comfortable chair. And I got to tell you, seated PSVR is equal to playing Quest 2. Um, the cord isn't a problem when you're seated. You're not stepping on it. It's not getting all twisted up. It um, it just disappears. Nice. Yeah, good to know. And we also, you know, we didn't loan you all of our various cable management systems, which we have. <laughs> but even when you have those, you know, it still is kind of there. But when you're sitting, it's less of an issue because, like you said, you're not like stepping on it and stuff. So that makes that definitely makes a big difference. Yeah. Okay. We've talked about the actual headset. I think it's time to get into Astrobot. I'm Let's so excited it. to talk about it with you. Um, so as we all know, Astrobot is one of my favorite PSVR games. It's a game where you it's like a VR. Okay, I'm bad at Lee. Why don't you tell us about <laughs> Astrobot? So Astrobot, it's a platformer. It's a it's a VR platformer and um, you're controlling Astrobot, but you the way they do it in Astrobot is even your character is part of the game. It's um, it's part of the strategy. It's part of the action. There are times where you need to headbutt certain things or move your head out of the way to help Astrobot get to where Astrobot needs to go. Um, it's honestly really incredible the ways that they integrate the player into the game. Um, yeah, I, I spent I spent the entire time, honestly, pretty amazed and going, why isn't this being done now? How is this? Mm-hmm. You know, this is what, seven years old or whatever it is, and no one's been able to recreate it yet. It's it's kind of ridiculous. They need to step up their game a little bit. Right. 
I agree. What were some of the things you said there's like the headbutting? What are some of the other things that got you more immersed in the game or got you as the person as the like robot thing? So they found ways um, while you're controlling Astrobot, they also might fire a soccer ball at you and you have to hit it with your head and bounce it back to the enemy that's on the screen. I thought that was really cool the way they did that. Um, I, one of the first games in VR that I really fell in love with was Moss and Moss mm-hmm. Book 2. And they're great games. They're absolutely beautiful. Moss is the most adorable character in gaming I think I've ever seen. Um, Astrobot beats it in every way. <laughs> I mean, it's just a little bit better at everything it does. The way Moss works, if you haven't played it or haven't played it much, is you're moving the mouse around and you're helping out by moving obstacles out of the way using your controllers um, as kind of hands in the game. But you always feel like it's Quill's game, the, the mouse from the game. It's a, it's Quill's game and you're observing and helping out every once in a while. Astrobot makes you feel like you're always part of the action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely loved that too. It's so unique. There's not a lot of VR games. There's like, there's a couple that are like third person, but you're kind of, you know, you're still like involved in the game somewhat. Um, But this Astrobot does it so well and has so many different things like the the like blowing on the flower in <laughs> yeah, the one. I forgot about that. And actually using the controller's capabilities that aren't used in that many things like the little um trackpad. Oh yes. You're actually using the trackpad and and I was really I'm like why do you think that PlayStation hasn't brought that in brought Astrobot into like PSVR 2? I don't know. I I can't figure out why that wasn't a day one game for PSVR 2. I can't figure out why at Halloween we don't see Astrobot costumes. I don't know why we haven't had the Astrobot movie and the Saturday morning cartoon show if they still do Saturday morning cartoons. Um <laughs> it seems like you know I think Lipnot mentioned it one time that um, uh, Astrobot should be Sony's version of Mario mm. and an Astrobot should be like it's just perfect I thought that since I first got into the game it just feels like a Mario-esque game it's like the perfect VR platformer I love platformers and I you know it's not like other VR platformers that are just like kind of 2D and you're like why am I even playing this in VR it just does such an amazing job at it I do think it's funny though that uh, the Astrobot um has two different fighting modes there's there's well actually has three but um he punches his enemies but he kicks his friends. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And there's a little bit of a message there that when your friends are really in trouble maybe the best thing to do is kick them right in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my That's gosh. That's a great what did, connection. What did you think of if you got through a level and you didn't save all of Astro's friends? <laughs> How did you feel about that with your completionist mind? And that's a problem for me. I felt <laughs> guilty. Um, in the If you haven't played it, while you're playing along, you can hear these little robots saying, save me or help me. And there are times where you're past where you can do that, but you can still hear their little voices. I felt guilty. I mm. wanted to go back and replay the levels. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of replayability there to go back and get every one of your little friends. Yeah. Which levels were your favorite ones? Because they have so many different types, like cave ones, water ones. Three, three, feed Willy. I actually remember it off the uh, top of my head. Um, it's yeah. a water level. And it's just brilliantly done. The waves feel 
like they're real waves and, and you're moving through them. And um, one of the things that happens is um, with the headset, if you dip your head into the water, when you pop back up, there's water that's running down the screen. And Astrobot, if he swims too close to your face, he'll kind of stick to your mask and it feels <laughs> like you're wearing a diver's mask and he'll turn around and wave at you sometimes or put on his own VR headset. It's just mm -hmm. absolutely adorable. It's mm -hmm. so well done. There's also <laughs> some speculation now that something is coming because Team Asobi, the one that made Astrobot, changed their like Twitter profile picture and banner or something. So people are all like, oh, what does this mean? Does this mean they're working on Astrobot? Does this mean it's coming? So hopefully I, either Astrobot 2 or honestly, I would even take an original Astrobot port to PSVR mm -hmm. 2 for the people who just never got to play it and how much yeah. better it could look now on that yeah. headset. For sure. I mean, for me, I, I've been a, a gamer my entire life, um, but I got out of it probably 12-ish years ago and just kind of faded away and just lost interest. And VR has brought me back. Um, the only reasons I can think of now to ever get a console, if they come out with Astrobot in VR, there's a chance I'll get a PS5 and <laughs> um, also the next Grand Theft Auto. Oh, yes. I've kind of resigned myself to the fact <laughs> that if, if GTA comes out on, on PS5, I'm back. Mm -hmm. I agree. Now, another thing in Astrobot that really makes it that like flagship game for me is the music. What <laughs> did you think of the music in the game? Okay, so the music is good enough that my wife was in the kitchen and I'm playing and she kind of yells in and I barely heard her through the headset, but I hear her yell, that music is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and she's right. It's really, really engaging and super well done. It's not video game music. It's it's just music. Mm -hmm. We were actually just listening to the Astrobot uh, music in the car because it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have Walkabout Mini Golf uh, playlist on Spotify. I play in the backyard sometimes. Nice. That's <laughs> it is awesome. good hammock music. Uh, yes. That's how you know a game's music is striking if you're thinking about it when you're not playing the game. Mm -hmm. uh, Astrobot is there's so many things that add up to make it an amazing game and it's not the music it's not the character it's not the cues it's just all of it comes mm. together so well before mm. we move on to another one of my favorite PSVR games is there anything else about Astrobot you wanted to really share here uh, I don't know I just I just want to plead with Sony to to mm -hmm. really get on the Astrobot bus and and make mm -hmm. it happen um, it just Astrobot needs to be everywhere it needs to be their Mario yeah, yeah hard I agree. fully agree. And <laughs> PS5, they got Astro's Playroom. They brought it out a little bit there. So hopefully we're making baby steps and strides. But one of the biggest reasons that I kept a PSVR that I told other people they need to play a PSVR was a sci-fi futuristic game. It's a first-person shooter, and it's called Farpoint. And if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard of Farpoint. But if you haven't, we won't spoil much of the story here. But basically, you're launched onto an alien planet trying to figure out what happened to everyone else who got there. You end up with your gun in your hands. And this was built around the PlayStation VR aim controller, which was their two-handed, fully immersive, real-feeling kind of assault rifle-type weapon. And Lee, you got to get into Farpoint and try it for the first time. What did you think? Okay, so right off the bat, the aim controller is cool. Um, mm -hmm. it, the aim controller works so well in that game. Um, I love the way that there was different kinds of weapons that you could use, but it's all done with the aim controller just by moving a certain way. You could kind of reach over your shoulder. You could take the easy way out and just hit a button if you wanted to, but it just worked really well. Whether you were using a shotgun or the, the initial rifle or a sniper rifle, they all worked really well. 
in the game. Um, one of the things I finished that game. And then after talking with Jay later on, I realized that I'd missed so many things. I think I played a little too quick. <laughs> um, I didn't realize how many different weapons you could get in the mm. game. Um, and Jay, it, it, if you know off the top of your head, how many, I think I only played with like three or four. There's, there's five types of weapons, but you can unlock four types of each one as well. So like there's four different types of assault rifles you can unlock and four different types of shotguns. But a lot of that's done through some of the DLC, like the verses and the co-op. It's easier to unlock it there than any other way. But yeah, it does create a lot of variety and it can really change how you play the story if you go back and play it. Mm. Yeah, that would be worth replaying and just kind of taking my time um, on that one. I think I was kind of excited in the first few days I had it and I just blasted through and like two different play sessions. I think I got all the way through. Oh, man. Um, nice. but, but yeah, great storyline. Get your heart rate up. Um, mm. Some of the, the enemies in that game are uh, pretty massive. I mm. mean, yeah. there were times where I just remember stopping and going, whoa, look at what's <laughs> coming at me now. Right. <laughs> and I what did you think of like the scale in the PSVR? Because scale is I've definitely noticed it's very different in different headsets, like those big giant enemies. Did they feel really big and giant to you in the game? In yeah, they set? absolutely did. Um, I actually compare some of the fighting um, to a game called Crashland for PS or, or sorry, for Quest 2. Um, similar enemies, kind of giant spider type enemies, um, but the scale was much larger on uh, Farpoint. Um, mm -hmm. It really was the point where I was like, wow, that's the biggest enemy I'm going to see. And then there was one that just dwarfed it. And then you go, wow, <laughs> that's the biggest enemy I'm going to see. And nope, you're wrong. They, they get bigger. <laughs> It's, oh, it's, uh, it's, I don't know what it is, if it's screens, if it's lenses, but there's something about certain headsets. When you see something big, it feels imposing and it feels huge. Yeah. And Farpoint really took advantage of that in the game. Now, you mentioned it's got a great story, it's got variety, but it was developed in a very tricky way so that when you're moving through the game, they didn't want you to have to use an analog stick to turn and risk making people sick. They built the game in this like linear path where you're constantly moving in a forward direction and shooting off the sides, shooting towards enemies, but you don't ever have to actually turn with an analog stick throughout the entire game. What did you think of that? So the uh, the linear path um, does kind of break the immersion just a little bit. Um, there's enough there. You can you can walk over and look over the edge of a big cliff and see what's going on down there. And, and there's enough of um, things like that. But your pathway is pretty direct. You're going pretty much straight ahead the entire time. It does um, break the immersion just a bit. But honestly, if the game is good enough, all, all that disappears. Um, even mm -hmm. going back to like some of the hardware limitations of the PSVR, um, Mura screen door effect, it's there. Um, I notice it on the loading screens because I'm just watching a loading screen. Mm -hmm. But once the gameplay starts, if they do a good enough job making the game, it all disappears. None of that matters mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. So true. And of course, when we talk about Farpoint, I always think of back in the day when we played a lot of co-op and versus. I know you didn't really get a chance to test that out. Do you feel like the, the co-op and versus modes would have added a lot to the game or do you think it was solid on its own in that story mode? Oh, I didn't I didn't even think about that. But yeah, honestly, um, co-op would have been kind of neat being able to communicate and say, OK, you get the the creatures that are up at the top and I'll aim for the ones that are at the bottom. Um, I could see really easy doing sort of a, a player versus player shooter thing with Farpoint 
um, there's lots of opportunities to either have some distance weapons like sniper rifles or be more up close and, and fight within that world. Yeah, they were those that were added later. They were DLCs that were added later on free DLC that came with the game. But co-op, it's interesting. You pick these missions that are kind of like a subset of the actual game. It's not necessarily the game, but it's a mission where you're moving through different enemies are coming at you and you're trying to fight together, pick up more weapons along the way to help you. But you get to take in two weapons with you of your choice, depending on what you've unlocked. Versus was a very different mode where you're one on one. But there's these spawn pads where if you get in the spawn pad, you stay in there long enough without getting killed. You'll spawn in the enemies on your side. So you'll spawn in little spiders or you'll spawn in the drones. You'll spawn something in to help you try and kill and hunt down that other person. And it's really interesting because the strategy changes because you're trying to think like, what kind of enemy can I bring in that will reveal their position or what kind of enemy Mm -hmm. can I bring in that will just straight up kill them for me? And you're spending more time in these pads trying to spawn things where some people, they just try to come at you and kill you themselves. And if you used the pads more, you would probably win the round. Yeah, I did not use that. I remember. I was like, (laughs) I'm going to murder you. (laughs) It sounds interesting, though. I mean, those different kinds of strategies on on things like that really make the game kind of unique. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's it's really something. But one problem you'd have, it wanted you to play the best of like two rounds or something. And some people would rage quit if they could see that you were already <laughs> going to beat them too much the first round. Mm-hmm. So that can get frustrating. <laughs> so the world needs to eliminate those people somehow. I don't know how, but they need to go away. <laughs> Put They're everyone in a game worst. like this with a headset that could shoot a spike into them if they <laughs> rage quit. <or> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Maybe that's the use for uh, Palmer Lucky's headset that he built is give give them to those people (laughs) yes the the aim controller when it came out was pretty revolutionary and farpoint was the game they designed to show it off and what it could do the thing about it is we have never seen another version of it on any headset unless you pay a ton of money on computer there are some options but what people try to do to do something like this instead is you can buy these controller stocks that you snap your controllers into and it's supposed to feel more like a gun what do you think? Have you tried some of those? What do you think in comparison to how the aim controller was baked in? Um, I have tried a few of those things um, to kind of help you out. It's tough because there's always an issue. Um, for instance, um, I know you reviewed it and I have. It's the AMVR fishing reel mm-hmm. um, where you put your controllers in and there's magnets that hook. And honestly, I do believe it made me a better fisherman. But the magnets are kind of hard to pull off. So each time you Mm. kind of separate those, it breaks that immersion just a little bit. And it seems like the gun stocks I've used, honestly, the simplest, um, Mr. Tass, uh, the quick aim controller is a good one. Um, Slide the controller in and then it's just got kind of a the pointy rod there and, and you use it to just put pressure on your hand to hold things in place to steady it. I think those are great for games where um, you're shooting a sniper rifle or something at a distance helps you steady things quite a bit. Um, In general, they all seem to have some kind of a flaw that Mm. breaks the immersion or makes it harder to use or actually gives you a disadvantage sometimes with some of the magnets being a little too strong. Um, I know with Mr. Tass, he recommends putting tape over them to just kind of weaken them a little bit to, to get them more customized where you want them to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved the aim controller because the problem is, and this is why it's a problem with the stocks, with the aim controller, the developers had to build the game for the aim controller, mm-hmm. which makes it hard to just bring any game into it. They have to make, you know, the buttons line up, the tr- the controller line up with the actual physical one. And so for a game like Pavlov, where you go from a pistol 
to an M16 to an Uzi as something like an aim controller isn't always going to feel right because your hands aren't going to be in the right positions. Mm -hmm. But when you have a game like Farpoint where the game always works, your hands are always in the right place. It's so much more immersive than those yeah. gun stocks that I'm just mm -hmm. like, please, PSVR 2 find a way to make a name controller to with stronger haptics, those new adaptive mm. triggers, it would be the most amazing experience. Yes. I, I imagine you'd have to have a big player base in order to develop mm. a controller like that and make it pay off. Um, mm. In the end, it's worth it. But until you have enough players to where you, you're selling, you got to sell the PS5, then you got to sell the PSVR2. Now you got to sell this expensive controller. Mm -hmm. It does make it better. Um, it, let's just hope that Sony, Sony or um, Meta get enough customers that they can afford to do those kinds of things. Yes, Sony, just give us Astrobot, <laughs> and it will bring everyone into PSVR two. Astrobot really is the solution to all the problems just of Sony. Do it. <laughs> So another game that I really liked in PSVR one was a scary game called Until Dawn Rush of Blood. It's a roller coaster game. I hate roller coasters in real life, but I love roller coasters in VR. What did you think of Until Dawn Rush of Blood? Okay, Until Dawn Rush of Blood. So one of the things about me, I'm a horror fan. I've always been a horror fan. I love horror movies, um, horror movie trivia. It's all good. I'm fine with all of it. And then horror in VR gets me. It just, it gets me on a different level. And I find myself playing a game for 15 minutes and then going, okay, I'm good. And then, <laughs> and then taking it off, taking a breather. And a couple of days later, I'll get back to it. So um, Rush of Blood, there was a few times that really got me when the clowns are coming at you and they're just kind of jumping right in front of you. And the noises and the sounds and just the overall creepiness, it got to me a few times. And that was the one game that I had to just keep coming back to time and time again, because I would do it for 15 or 20 minutes and have to stop. Like it just, it, it just spooked me. There were times that the hair was standing up on the back of my neck. <laughs> yeah, the, it, uh, it gets you. It definitely does. Um, the controllers were a little funky. I really wish the aim mm. controller would work with that. Because um, mm. there were times where they just were off and you'd have to, do something to recalibrate them real quick. Yeah. Until Dawn Rush of Blood is it's and it's probably if you have your area set up, one of the best games for those controllers, sadly, because you sit in place, your controllers are out in front of you, you're not turning and stuff. And it just reminds us after all this time on Quest how PSVR one controllers really had some struggles in tracking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love Until Dawn Rush of Blood because it puts you in that Until Dawn universe. It's a very, you know, it's a decently known IP, but it's a real twist on the game with these these creepy roller coasters it, late in the game and i'll say just a little bit of a spoiler alert for those out there the game's been out forever if you haven't played it by now you're probably <laughs> never going to but hey there's a spider level did you make it to the spider level i don't think i did it's one of the last levels and that was one of the worst experiences of my life i think i had a haptic fest kind of thing on and i had a fan blowing on me and it just felt like every time the spiders were crawling on my body it felt like they really were and i was oh. screaming and freaking out the whole time i hated it so much how what do you think if you had tried the spider level how would you have done Oh, I, I think I would have been in trouble. I think it would have been one that I had to shut it off and restart it a few times and get used to it. You know, um, VR just hits me on a different level. And, and those levels of horror games really make it tough for me to get through. Um, mm -hmm. I had never played Batman. Uh, what was it? Batman Arkham, Arkham VR. Asylum. Mm -hmm. Oh, and so I good. know it's a 
it's a short game. Um, but there were times where you're in the morgue and you're looking at bodies and I kind of, you have to slide the drawer out and look at the body. And I'm, I'm looking at that drawer and I'm going, I don't want to do it, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I did. And then, um, the one that really got me at the end of that one was, um, and again, I don't know if this is a spoiler at this point, it's been out a while, but <laughs> you're talking to the Joker in an insane asylum and he's in a padded room and you just open the little window in front of him. <sighs> And he tells you to come closer. Come here. Yeah. When he tells you to come closer, I physically was in my living room at two o'clock in the morning. And I physically said, no, (laughs) (laughs) I told the Joker, no, I'm not going to. And then it took me probably, he just keeps telling you come closer. And the way he says it and the realism. Come closer. Yes. Oh, <laughs> so, so creepy. After two or three minutes, I finally had to out loud say, you're in your living room. It's two <laughs> o'clock in the morning. It's just a game. Oh, <laughs> you're safe. Yeah. And then I stepped forward and then oh. things happened. Oh, my gosh. That game is excellent. Too. It really oh. is. Yeah. I miss those early games. They were so good. And I just feel like we haven't had like okay, Horizon's cool, it's beautiful and stuff, but it's like the games with those really good stories mm-hmm. and they're it just really pulls you in. I want that. I want it back. So, Come on, so what do you think it is? I mean, have they gotten lazy? Um, you know, what's the difference? Why are we think- still talking about Half-Life Alex? Every time we talk about the best game ever. I think that they just are trying to have mass appeal with things instead of making good games. Like horizon they're like oh it's horizon it's this big title and like whatever and like the intro to horizon is really good um and it's a gorgeous game but it's like i don't care about this plot line like i and i don't want to climb around for a million hours like give me something interesting give me a story give me a puzzle give me a freaking saving little aliens like (laughs) we need something interesting to bring us in there's very few games that you get emotionally invested in yeah like you're saying yeah yeah those early Mm -hmm. games you got emotionally invested and Mm -hmm. for some reason these newer games you know i i think fortnite was a it was a worldwide phenomenon and population one in vr is kind of like that it's fun Mm -hmm. but there's they're going for like these fun shooter quick get in and out games gorilla tag took over and like these are all games that are fun in their own right and they show off what vr can do but i want to like get immersed and involved in a story that takes me somewhere and we're kind of losing that storyline element yeah Uh, enough with the tech demos yes (laughs) we know what the Mm -hmm. tech can do it's it's great let's let's get some good stories let's get some something that you you are passionate about and care about batman arkham vr in 45 minutes i was into it and then right when i really loved it it ended yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. god that game so good and looked so good and even i even think of like the really old pre psvr days when we just had the little like phone headsets and there was land's end and that just came some of those old games um just came back to the like you could access them on quest and i played some land's end i was like wow like this is such a simple old game but it's amazing like it has an interesting story you're like you feel like you have telekinetic powers and it's like it just shows how powerful it can be when you care 
about the story or when it has something, it's using VR to do something you can't do in other games. Yep. And I just want to see that. Give it to us, yep. please. <laughs> Even with the modern games that are out now, I mean, um, Walkabout Mini Golf is incredibly simple and mm -hmm. it's, it's the graphics are so basic. Mm -hmm. But how many times have you been in that game and you're waiting for someone to take a shot and you go to lean on a post that isn't there? Right. Mm-hmm. It, mm -hmm. it, they find a way with the mechanics to bring you into the game. So the storyline games are the same thing. Come up with good storyline and people will love it and people will play it and they'll recommend it and VR will grow. Mm -hmm. I think a part of it too is as VR has gotten, the games have improved. We've overcomplicated them too. This happens yeah. with all gaming. It used mm -hmm. to be, you know, something like Batman or you, you had like a grip button and a thumb button. You know, you weren't, there weren't a ton of combinations. Like now it's like, gosh, when you play a first person shooter, you have to know exactly how to reload a real weapon. And mm -hmm. the other games, you have all these buttons. You're like, okay, what button is it to now reload? What, how, what button is it to open my inventory? All these things that you can do overcomplicate the actual feeling of how to play the game enough that you don't get as immersed. We mm -hmm. need the games that like the inventory needs to be simple. Reach over and grab your backpack and pull it out and grab mm -hmm. something out of your backpack. Walking Dead did a good job with that. But mm -hmm. some of these games have so many little steps to everything that it's just as we've as we've evolved in VR and we've tried to make the games more complex, we've lost some of that. Just make it immersive and keep it simple. That's why Job Simulator is still one of the biggest games out there. <laughs> it literally only uses the triggers. Like how yes. simple is that? But yet you yes. can put anyone into that game and they will have an absolute <laughs> blast. In Job Simulator, um, I dropped a coffee cup on the floor and I went to pick it up and I went to lean on my virtual desk to balance myself to pick up mm -hmm. the coffee cup. It's it's a cartoon. It looks like The Simpsons, but <laughs> wow, I felt like I was there. I felt like mm -hmm. I was in a cubicle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you need these simple mechanics to work over and over again the right way every time. And so when you add all these new steps, you try to make these games really complex with these systems i think that we lose something and the other thing that about psvr that we've lost kind of in the whole gaming world but as mm -hmm. we've moved away from consoles or we just don't use consoles the way we used to is local co-op mm. couch co-op games like we've called them forever mm -hmm. so the one that was one of the first things when you wanted to come over and try the psvr i wanted to show you that because i knew that was something you'd never experienced on quest just isn't yep. a thing really. What did you think like the playroom VR and the stuff like that, where basically for those of you out there who don't know of it, one person's in the headset and they might see something totally different, <laughs> but they're either fighting with or fighting against or playing a hide and seek game with all the other people who are using controllers watching on the TV. That was pretty amazing. Honestly, um, with a fun group of people, some of the things that you're doing in there where I, I'm in like the Wild West shooter game and, and I'm the sheriff or whatever I was and I walk into the bar and I'm shooting the ghosts and you have to tell me which ones to shoot. Mm -hmm. Simple mechanic, but it was fun. I mean, mm -hmm. and it seemed like it was kind of fun for you guys too, even without mm -hmm. you being in a VR headset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so, it's great party. They have great party games where you can like get everyone in. Everyone's involved. No one feels like left out. And that's a thing that especially the original PSVR did so well is that even though you're in this headset, you're not isolated from everyone else because you can see on the TV what they're doing. You can, on those couch co-op games, you can interact and all play together. And why don't we have that now? <laughs> so I know Come like on. there's... It's like uh, Akron attack of the squirrels. There's there's kind of a thing where um, people are on their phones on an app as the squirrels and, and I'm the, the oak tree throwing things at them. Um, I know there's a few of those. Was it keep talking and nobody explodes? Yes. 
That's a great one. Um, I love that. I have that VR one. Game. I, I have not even installed it, but I have it. Oh my gosh. We got to play it. It's so good. Deal. <laughs> no so take backs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's been some attempts and some of those games were older games that were on these systems to play multiplayer and they tried to get them to quest, but there's nothing quite like the experience of three people have PlayStation controllers. They're used to using PlayStation controllers mm -hmm. and one person's in the headset and you're chasing them down or you're working to, to protect them. There's just these different. Yeah missions, this different feeling of it all. And it's something that I keep hoping PSVR 2 will bring back because it just is something in the VR community we miss because like you can have that friend over who's scared to put the VR headset on and they, but then they <laughs> yes. can play something with you and maybe it's going to help give them the courage to, okay, now I'll try being the one in the headset. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's slowly but surely just keep moving them towards buying a VR headset and starting their own YouTube channel. Yes. <laughs> Apparently that's the end goal. It's the end goal with everyone here. I've got I think my whole neighborhood's gonna have their own YouTube channel soon. Nice. <laughs> We're excited to see the uh collaborations we we get from that. <laughs> So you said at about the top of the episode that you were thinking you might look for a place PSVR one. Um, if you can find a PSVR PS4 like bundle that someone's you know getting rid of um, for three to four hundred dollars total for the whole thing after after your experiences in these last couple months, do you think you would go for it? I think I would. Yeah. I mean, I, like I say, I'm a completionist, but um, the experience I got with with three to four games, they are just as fun. They are just as immersive, if not more immersive with some of the older technology. Um, honestly, having the camera on PSVR added some things. Um, at s Some of the games that we played at my house where you were on the couch con or telling me how things are working. And then at the end of the level, it takes a picture of us. Mm, yes. <laughs> That's not possible with a quest. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just not there. I mean, we could all just take our own camera, I guess, and set it up, but that's built into the, to the system. Mm -hmm. That so, yeah, is a fun I, thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I think if, if I could find, um, if I could find a decent setup, I think I would do it and, and try to work it into the rest, the rest of the quest games that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. There's I have just quite so many backlog. now. Yeah, yeah. There's too many <laughs> games. That was one thing too that was different about the PSVR experience because back then it was new and like every Tuesday was the game day games would come out and it might be one, it might be two, it might be zero. And I remember mm -hmm. like every Tuesday I'd see what came on PSVR, I would just buy it because it was like they were like ten <laughs> or fifteen dollars typically, yeah. and I was just like I want to experience what's what else it can do. I want all of it, and so I was like buying games every week for the longest time. <laughs> yeah. Now you, there's now there's so many games you have to be selective and it's harder in that respect and the game prices are creeping up for sure oh yeah. Um, yeah asgard's wrath is 60 bucks but you get the original i mean you get asgard's wrath 2 and 1 um the rift version but yeah if you have a yeah, pc it's, it's still 60 bucks yeah yeah it's changing it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see what they do with that you know are they going to keep it as that bundle or are they going to separate the original asgard's wrath and just do it for 40 bucks maybe yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see, but I'm not excited that prices keep rising because the problem with VR is you want to experience everything you can. It's not yes. like regular gaming where you see a game like, oh, that game looks cool. I want to play that game with VR. It's like, hey, this game, you get to ride a raft or this game, yeah. you get to fly a plane or this game, you get to drive a car. And you want to feel what VR can offer you in every single little thing you can do. So it, you end up buying every single game to get those different experiences and it adds up. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a huge difference between um, like console uh, flat screen gaming and VR mm -hmm. though, is we used to talk about, I want to get this game so I can play 
as someone who skydives. Mm-hmm. And right. in VR, we say, let's go skydiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you feel mm-hmm. like you're doing it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just a whole nother level. Yeah, it takes sure. you there. Well, Assassin 32, <laughs> you started a YouTube channel because you have found this passion. When I met you, you were just consuming the content and talking about yep. it. Tell our listeners who are out there who have enjoyed this episode, where do they find you? What are they going to find on your channel? Give us a little taste. So my channel is Assassin 32 VR, um, and, and, and that's the name on YouTube, Instagram. It is on Twitter. Um, it's everywhere. Um, so what I'm doing... It, I started off doing a lot of shorts and it was to, to really learn how to edit. Um, I was doing some walkabout mini golf shorts and things like that just to, to learn how to edit and learn the whole system. I've started doing some product reviews. Um, just recently did a great interview that I'm hoping will come out um, in the coming week with a developer. He's got a great story. He, he lost over a hundred pounds um, in VR wow. in a game he developed for himself. Um, wow. So yeah, pretty cool story with him. Um, but yeah, product reviews, game reviews. I want to start doing a Saturday morning live stream. Mm. Um, I think that would be kind of fun, um, a fun thing to do. And if I'm going to play anyway on a Saturday morning, why not hit the button and record mm-hmm. and um, see what kind of fun we can have. Start nice. with Job Simulator and you can bring back the Saturday morning cartoons you were questioning earlier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That'd be perfect. <laughs> Well, of course, for those of you out there who are listening to the podcast or watching it here on YouTube, there will be links down below. Check out Assassin's channel. Hit them with a follow. You're coming up on 100 subscribers already, right? Really close. Yeah, 95. Oh, oh, well, hopefully either by the time this episode airs or very quickly after you'll hit that mark because that's a a big deal. Assassin 32. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that would be awesome. Um, I'm planning uh, a giveaway when I hit 100 subscribers. I'll do the official announcement. But um, nice. Lots of game giveaways kind of in one package. Uh, basically, when I hit 500 subscribers, then I'll give it all away. So um, invite your friends and we'll do it faster. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Well, oh. thank you again for chatting with us. It was so nice to revisit Astrobot again. <laughs> Thanks for having game. me. Um, I got to tell you, so full dive gaming, when I first got into VR, full dive gaming was where I learned about the history of VR. And for anybody that hasn't done it, go back and listen to those previous episodes or watch them on YouTube. Um, Some of them are kind of fun to watch. There's all kinds of fun things going on in the background, but (laughs) it it is almost a complete history of consumer VR. And um, there were plenty nights where I'm laying in bed with the podcast playing on my phone next to the bed and my wife had to hear Jay and Nat's voices all night long. Nice. That's the kind of dedication we appreciate. And to all of you out there, again, thank you. We've been doing this for a couple of years now, and it's just we have fun. We talk about the things we love, and it's a nice outlet having the podcast. So thank you all of you who continue to listen. The the reviews we've got out there, the ratings, that means a lot to us, too. So, again, we're everywhere for you. Everywhere you can go for podcasts, find us, even on Audible. And uh, remember, if you've been thinking about VR for all this time, what's the time to finally do? Dive on in. Yes. (laughs) 